really understand the entire scope of what the Christmas story is about. And probably about as much as anything, the, the story that you're talking about, how what, what hurt Mary so bad was the point of what it really was about. It wasn't just about a baby in that manger, but it's why that baby came to this world. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she did not get the details. No. It was going to hurt so much more than what she imagined. She... You know, she knew the prophecies and the rest of them. And she's human, so like what Jacob's always saying, this life's not about this life, but when you're tied to this life, it's really hard to see the next life. Exactly, but that's what Jesus came to save us from. Mm -hmm. That's true. And that is, this has been my theme thought for this year, is Matthew 121. And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save save his people from their sins. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't understand and realize exactly what the scope of that is. And we think, well, I'm not a sinner. This, that, everybody's sinned at some point. And if you're human, you probably sinned every day. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. We got to constantly repent every day. We make mistakes. Um, We think we know ourselves, no matter how spiritual you are. Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? He said, the Lord searches the heart. He tries to reign, even to give to every man according to his ways. This is kind of crazy. I read this article on renewalministries.com. And I read this. It said, a survey taken on the streets of Chicago with this question. Do you think you're a sinner? They asked this question, do you think you're a sinner? And in the streets of Chicago. This was the answer. Most people said no. Terrorists are sinners, and you and I are way above that. (laughs) Yeah, Chicago, one of the cities with the highest murder rates in all of America. So, in other words, they don't get that you're supposed to measure yourself against God. Exactly. Now, listen, this is kind of what I want to do with this discussion talk about whatever. G.K. Chestron. I don't know who he is. Chester. This is part Chestron. I think he's a Calvinist. Well, he wrote this. It was also in this article on this for New Ministries. It said, the modern world is not evil. In some ways, the modern world is far too good. We're way beyond the crudity of medieval world, for example, but we have become too good. By being self-improvable, we distance ourselves from Jesus. He said 2,000 years ago, there were people that did that very thing. They saw themselves as too good for Jesus. Who were they? The Pharisees. If Jesus came to save the people from their sins, have you defined yourself inside or outside his circle of friends? Jesus said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And he ended this little thing that's right right there with, do you mind stepping down from where you are to hang out with Jesus. Mm. And that's the thing I think that people don't realize that he came to save us from our sins. Well, what you said that you heard, you mentioned last Thursday, I guess, about what Jason Sisko said, about as much as you are God, I am that much human. That has been on my mind a lot this week. And, And here's the thing. Because... I screw 
we we live in such a society as that article said that we have insurance, we have, and I have nothing against insurance, have nothing against doctors, have nothing against psychology, nothing against, um, you know, being able to go do certain things that, to make us better. But we have taken God out of the equation to the point that we do not need him. Yeah, I, And the, I, the thing is, because we're looking for somebody to, just as they did, to just kingdom, to save us from this world. Yeah, that's what you, something, that quote there, you said we're too good, not that we're too bad. When you think back to it, in the 1700s, the self, the most self-help you were going to get was to go to a church. Yeah. In fact, even in the early 20th century, about as good as self-help got was to go to a church. You had a few psychologists coming on the scene, but you didn't have many. So I'll, I'll break this for a second to let you see what Corbin's doing. He's wanting Christmas early. Right? <laughs> okay. Hey, we love you too, Brittany. But, and this is kind of what's been on my, my mind, my thoughts so much lately. And here's the thing. No matter how good or whatever this life may get, the only way to be really saved is Him. He is going to save the people from their sins. Not us. Him alone. By himself. And that's why he came to this earth. Because he couldn't find anyone that was good enough. So that's why he manifested himself in flesh. Came to this earth to become the ultimate sacrifice. And no matter what other people may think. uh, I'm sorry it's froze. Maybe it'll unfreeze. If it don't, I'm going to have it on podcast. You can listen to it later. So. Just got her internet back today, so I'm just thankful that it's working at all. But, um, he's the only one that can save us. And if we are to be saved, we must first realize we're lost. Mm-hmm. And we got a world full of people that, oh, we're, it's terrorists, it's sinners, not us. Or, I'm good, why do I need a savior? And, we have to realize, uh, someone asked, have you come to realize that you are a disaster waiting to happen so that you need someone to save you from yourself constantly? Yeah, I have. <laughs> and you have to that's get to that. A lot everybody of people, though, and that's kind of the point. A lot not of everybody people, people don't are not think they but, are disastrous waiting to happen. That's the point, happen. though. That's the point of what? Life. Yeah, that's why we need Jesus. Jesus save us. I know, yeah. but, but not everyone thinks there's a disaster did. waiting to happen. And here's the thing. Jesus said, come to me all your burden heavy laden and I'll give you rest. But instead of going to him, we go to everything else. We go to appeal or we go to um, we self-help. We have or, a lot of different ways that we decide to make ourselves uh, better. So in other words, we want to make ourselves better. We don't want to just say, okay, But Jesus, we want our can. definition of what better is. We want to make sure that we're a perfectionist, or we want to make sure that people or like you us, realize or we that, want to be successful in our careers. Or you realize, hey, as long as I can get this much better, I'm good enough, and I don't need Jesus. Yeah, and we've all got different of ideas out. of what success is, and we think if we've achieved that, then we don't need Jesus. And and here's the thing, we we have to come to the end of ourselves and realize I need him 
And we got to get rid of our pride. We got to get rid of all this stuff. And realize that he will save the people from the sins. The Jewish people wanted salvation. But they from wanted the salvation from the Roman oppression. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is what we're talking about. Rome's not oppressing us now. It's the God of this world that's oppressing us. And we like the oppression. And depending on Absolutely. where we are, uh, some people out there are still dealing with oppression. Mm-hmm. And Jesus... But even in those places, the answer is not to get out from under the oppression of our communist dictators. The, the, the thing that we need is Jesus. Um. That's what, what our missionaries it? are doing. They're not trying to destroy communist dictators. They're trying to give them Jesus. What was it that you said that Brother Wade said about distraction? Uh, you can't rebuke distractions. You have to eliminate them. Yeah, and the distractions are our oppressors. Yes, and there's so many things um, that that does that to us. And right now we have one that's major is fear. Mm-hmm. And as Brother Jerry Jones preached many years ago, it's manufactured fear. And I was reading in a book today, Control the Beast, really good book, but that's like author I recommend. I'm not far in it. But he was talking about how you walk by an alleyway, you hear something, you get scared, you take off running, you're scared to death, your heart's pounding, and then you realize it's just a cat turning a trash can over in the alley. Or you walk by the alleyway and a guy jumps out the gun, points it between your nose. You have the exact same emotion and, and fear because it's, your body doesn't know the difference. It, it doesn't know the difference exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and this is kind of where what's being pushed right now. Everybody wants salvation from the stuff in this world that's causing us all this stuff. When Jesus said, "You know, come to me, all your burden, heavy laden," and we we just need to realize that we need him more than we need anything else and you're not going to accidentally be saved mm-hmm. one person I found this said he doesn't save anyone in an off the cuff way he has thought it through he has a plan and he's working his plan that's what he done in the manger that's what Christmas is all about the fact that he had a plan to save us that started in the garden of Eden yeah. mm-hmm and when he saves us, he saves everything about us. Personalities can change. You believe that? Jake can tell me no the other day. You I don't asked. think so? Personalities can't change? I, the way you <laughs> use your personality can change. Yeah, there you okay. go. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. With that's that. what we've been doing these personality tests, and I decided I didn't like my personality. We are who we are, but and once I was we figure it out, about it. Well, the answer to that basically is your Here's strengths the thing. Jesus are is also the one that weaknesses. made your personality. You have to figure out which exactly how to use your personality to your and everyone yeah. around you's benefit. That's what he tells. That's the part of the you can saving us, not person. to your benefit, not to the people around you's benefit, to the to kingdom's God's benefit, benefit. Yes. to the which kingdom, which is the same thing. Yeah. Well, if you're using your personality to your benefit and to everyone around you's benefit, you're also using it for God's benefit. I don't think that's true. Yes, it is because you're only benefiting yourself. <laughs> Here you go. This is how it rose in our house. <laughs> Argue with that one. 
If you are benefiting, if you are only benefiting yourself, then you are not benefiting. If you are benefiting, see now this is good podcast material here. If you are benefiting yourself, you only benefit yourself if you're benefiting the kingdom. Anything else is sending you farther away from God, and that does not benefit you. Amen. I agree. Okay, then but you we can, have our definition. You just want to okay. keep arguing. You hush. I want. This to is arguing. this is what he does though, and he saves people from their sin. <laughs> He doesn't just... You should have had the video on them. Oh, yeah. I probably should have, but probably not. (laughs) So here's the thing, though. When he saves us from our sins, well, people are like, oh, well, well, if you're going to go to church, you got to learn the Bible. Yeah, that's important. We need the Bible and all that stuff. But he saves us with that personality that he created with us to make a real difference in the world. He didn't save us just to... If Jesus is not making a real impact in our lives and not changing us, then we're not really being saved. Yeah. If people around us can't notice that you're not like the person you used to be, then he's not really saving you. Mm-hmm. It's what Brother Cornwell said. He's talking about in order to be saved, you have to come face to face with your bondage Absolutely. and let God deliver you. And, and, and here's the question. What does the word save mean? The verse says, you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. What does mean that saving mean? Uh, it means now, washing you from looking your sins, at, right? I've been kind of thinking about this and for a little while, but... Um, naming people in that time, that culture, it was significant. Our names today are just labels. Oh, that's a cool name. Search the internet for forever, but we know it's different. Um, Joseph, uh, I was reading about it, and it said this. Joseph would have heard it like this. You shall call his name Yeshua. For Yeshua, his, uh, which is Y-E-S-U-A, for Yeshua, Yahshua, Y-O-S-H-I-A, his people from their sins. In other words, saving them. That is who he is, saving. Because saving is what his name means. Jehovah shall become salvation. Mm-hmm. So saving is actually his who he is. He was a teacher. Right? Mm-hmm. So that means we've got to be willing to let him teach us. He was the greatest leader that we've ever known. That means we've got to learn how to be led by him. But the most important thing that he done was he was a savior. And this is something I wrote down earlier, that, and this is based off and maybe what I've heard so much preach. I listen to so much preaching. But anyway, this is the thing. If you're comfortable in your bondage, he cannot save you. Oh, Brother Cornwell. Brother Cornwell? Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote that based off of hearing what he said because there's people that's comfortable. They're addicted. Mm-hmm. They have vices in their life. And we can make excuses for that all day long, but if you're comfortable in that bondage, he's not going to save you. Because you don't want to be saved. And a savior is, according to what I found here, is the one who releases a person from their confinement or their narrowness are their limitation. John 8, 34, he said, he who sins is a slave to sin. So sin 
is because we're bound in some type of bondage. And I'm going to tell you, we have a world full of churches. I see. He's after my phone glasses or something. Hey, bud. But we have a world full of, we have a church full of people that are so comfortable in their bondage. I wonder if they're really allowing him to be the savior he needs to be to them. Because that's why he came to save us from our sins. And the th- we know how to, we get caught in patterns, we get caught in, in um, our habits, we have all these things in our life that bind us, that, that drive us, that control us. He come to save us from that. Why are we not letting him? And that's the thing, I recently, uh, I recently saw this, people were complaining about how messed up the world is right now. They're complaining about and said it seems like every year Jake, we just keep going down, going down, going down, and I'm not looking forward to where we're going. <laughs> it seems like I'm sensing a downward trend, and I don't like the direction we're headed right now. Yeah. And then someone comments on there and says, "If we don't turn to Jesus, this is as good as it gets." Yeah. And then people turn and attack the person who says that. Is, here's He's saying, how dare you say I need to be saved from anything? What? Wow. Yeah, I think this God kind of hey, goes back to hey, what. Hang out on the internet for a few minutes, and you're gonna realize just how. Much I think this kind of goes back to what Bethany said. Have, if you have any kind of social media where you're friends with more than people who are in church, you see how far this generation is from God. Like. Even when someone something's almost holy, it's still not holy. Absolutely. You mean they just won't accept it, or what do you mean by that? No, it's just even when there seems to be a glimmer of hope, if you if you turn to the comments well, section, here's a it's not here's hope. a good example on TikTok. This girl singing this uh, really good Christian song went viral, mm-hmm. and it became. The comment section became a bunch of people in the LGBTQ community trying to say that she was secretly lesbian and that they could fix her. And they harassed her so much that she had to turn the comments off on the video. Wow. Yeah, this world is messed up. But David just asked the question, how messed up is uh, your world, though? Reminds me of uh, Noah. Every thought was only evil continually. What does this question mean? Dave, I, I don't know. Maybe you need to elaborate on that, Brother David. How messed up is your world, though? Are you talking about each one of us? I don't, you know, no matter how messed up our world, this world, or whatever it is, Jesus still came to save people from their sins. Yeah. Uh, okay, he said the world can be messed up, but your world, Jesus, is what is important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but but what I was getting at that kind of brings me back to what I was talking about about myself. In as much as he is God, I am that much human. On my best day, I can catch myself saying more than I wished I'd said and having to repent over it. I can catch myself letting my thoughts go the wrong direction for too long 
and have to repent for letting Satan build strongholds in my mind. I am still that much human. So as long as I'm on this earth, I'm still going to need God to save me every day. And, and, but here's the danger of, of this whole thing is this doctrine we got now of eternal security, basically, that all you have to do is confess your sins, and then it doesn't matter what you do after that, you're saved. And, and unfortunately, walk with Jesus. unfortunately, we have mixed that doctrine, we've talked that doctrine, we've talked it so much that even in our churches, it has affected us to the point that we think we can continue living in things, in that bondage, and think, all I got to do is repent. No, and what I'm saying, like for instance, there was a day last week that I said way more than I should have said. Just just last week. What? Well, you know what she's talking about. I know, I know. I know. In other words, I, I I didn't cuss. I didn't do anything like that. But I was mad, and I spoke out of turns. And I went and asked people to forgive me. And yeah. the next morning, as I was praying, I was. On my face, asking God to forgive me and doing what I heard Josh Herring say that I do every morning because I want to make sure that I'm in alignment with God. I submit myself to His Word. Why? Huh? Why? Because I want to live in the favor of God and be a spoiled rotten brat. <laughs> Is that the only reason? No. That's a good reason. Yeah. That's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, but you got to do it also because you. I want the anointing of God to flow down. And because you love it. And because I love Him. Okay. Yes. Okay, I submit myself to God. I submit myself to His words. I submit myself to His name. I submit myself to His blood. I submit myself to the Holy Ghost. I submit myself to His will. I submit myself to angelic authority and to the man of God. Every and morning. one more reason why. Because if you submit yourself to God when you resist the devil, He, he will flee from, from you. Yeah. Yes. Here's because we are in a war zone every single also day. Also put on the armor of God every morning. Yes. Here's the thing that I, I guess along with all this is that or he will. Or even if we don't have stuff outside our doors. <laughs> That's right. You're going to need it whether you're in behind if he saves us from our sins. What is sin? It is separation from God. It is absolutely separation from God. Mm-hmm. Anything that displeases God. Um, and I think that this is part of the problem that we are dealing with why people are not letting him. They feel separation from something. They feel that emptiness with everything else. And it doesn't allow that true loneliness for God to be in there because it fills them with all, so many other things in their life. And people don't feel the urgency to get saved from their sins because there's so many substitutes there. And they don't realize that because they're just wanting this world fixed. Just like the Jewish people. Get me out of the Roman captivity. Yeah, that's the same as the person who comes to the church and all they want is fix my marriage. Yeah. Fix my kids. I know I've been on this kick lately, but this is what's going to save people when they realize he's not saving me from this world. He didn't say he shall save them from this world. He shall save them from the Roman oppression. He will give them their marriages back. He will give them finances. He will do this and do that. He said he's going to save them from their sins. I guess that is something with me. 
anxiety is such a thing in my life that I want to make sure I'm right with God because that's when I feel peace in my mind. Brother David's got um, something here he just said that I want to elaborate on. He said, submitting yourself to God keeps you in God's world and keeps you from being worldly. That's good. It is very good. Mm -hmm. Good. But what does that mean, submitting to God? It means you're doing what God said do. It's kind of like the laws of this land. There are rules we have to follow. And if you're going to 85 and a 55, you're going to see blue lights behind you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to submit. And here's the thing. And what happens? How do you submit? Is it possible to submit after you have seen those blue lights? Yes, it is. How do you submit? You pull it off over. Yeah, that's true. And then you you quit going by your own will, and you let somebody else pull over. You say, you say. Yes, officer, I realize I was speeding. No, officer, I will not do it again. And yes, officer, I will pay the fine or go to traffic school. (laughs) But here's the thing. And accept the You do not pull away going 85 miles an hour. Submitting to God works the same way. Submitting to God is actually doing exactly... It's submitting to what His Word and His will is. And we, we have to fully submit. Yeah. And every, like you said, some days we find ourselves where, oh, I'm not committing. But thankfully, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous, and we can go back and say, That's traffic school. That's not a license. That's right. <laughs> That's traffic school. That's, uh, here's the thing. Some days you may realize, oh, no, I'm going 65. I need to slow down. Because you don't know the moment that those lights will come on and the moment that And won't. here's yeah. a contrast with that, too. There have been days when I've just been... Going along life, carelessly not paying a bit of attention. Like, oh my goodness, I'm going 65. That happened. And there have been other days when, like, on purpose, I'm going 65. <laughs> Texas, 85. Yeah. Jimmy was watching earlier, 85. I Stephanie's watching, going 65 in the church family, 25 kids. It's usually at least. <laughs> <laughs> but, seeing. Sinning is basically going the opposite direction of God. Yeah. It is running away from His mercy, running away from His grace. Because His law is not grievous. Hey, buddy, that's your present. I know. Corbin is open to present. He's ready for Christmas. At least it's yours. That reminds me of something I remember talking to uh, some ladies on Gum Street about. Um about the city of refuge and mm-hmm. it matters which way your tent is pointing are you going towards the city or are you going away from it yeah or are you going sideways and that can be well yeah you can't go sideways that's for sure yeah what but, he wants is for us to be growing yeah and you know we got we have Christmas in, is it three days? Today's the 22nd. Yep, it's three days. Three days away. And so much we make it all about all this materialistic stuff that he really wants to save us from. Mm-hmm. And I hope the goodness somebody in the midst of all this stops and thinks, am I really letting him save me from my sins? 
Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. I mean, you're talking about the city of refuge, but at the same time, here's what saving really looks like. He wants you to live life and not only live it, but live it more abundantly. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's like Lot. Mm-hmm. When he when the angels came in and they said, we're here to save you. Because if you don't leave this city, you're going to die with this city. Yeah. And Lot goes and he tries to get his son-in-law, his sons-in-law and his daughters to come with him. And they don't come with him because they like where they're living. And they literally know, they don't realize they've got less than 24 hours to get out of there. Yeah. And his wife so, looks back. And at this, uh, it's all Here. throughout this story, really. Yeah. Because they tell her, don't look back. She makes it out of the city, but she looks back. Mm. Here. And Jesus said, no one is worthy of the kingdom that will look back. With the, here, the here, this is it. And then on top of all that, Lot even says, "Hey, can I go a little less distance?" Wow, yeah. Then you really want me to go? And because he goes less distance, he gets himself into a whole lot more trouble than he could have gotten. So here's the question. Yeah. Now this is totally off the subject, but I'm gonna just throw it out there. This is just uh, that will preach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't. I heard somebody preach talking about this week. Here's the question. Was Lot righteous? He was they more righteous was. than the ones that were there in that city. The Bible he calls him righteous Lot, right? Yes, it does. Why did he have no influence on those he tried to get to go out with him? Of course, he didn't let his righteousness be known. Because he was vexed. I think that's it right there. He was righteous. It's so he lived. He lived a righteous so he life. So he lived without sin, but he didn't live unashamed. He never shared the gospel. Therefore, oh. he was totally ineffective when it come time to really share the gospel. That hurts. Yeah, I. So when someone... he went to try to tell somebody about, you need to leave here because the city's fixing to burn. Nobody will listen because he was righteous, but yet he never shared. The message. It says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. It just says Lot was righteous. Yes. Wow. I actually heard somebody preaching about this week. I, 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 I heard it. There's, there's a message Bishop White preaches called Sodom's Contradictions. He said if Lot was so righteous, why was he willing to offer his daughters to those unrighteous men? And if Lot's wife was so terrible, how did she raise virgin daughters? in that city. So what was the answer to those questions? They both were comfortable with sin. So why were they were both, saying they were both that comfortable wife living. was terrible? No, but she turned around. But she back. did but she is the ultimate example of living less yeah. than what God has for well, you. Well I think they were probably honestly probably both equally righteous and they both probably contributed to their daughter. And she just and loved she her turned kids. around because and she loved her she had, city she probably. Had, well, cities, and she had she had babies still there. She still had babies there. There's so she had many children. reasons, and it's it's yeah, just yeah. There was Mar- she had married kids that didn't go. It was just the virgin daughters. Well, that. see, there you go. That's why she turned around. Yeah, there's now that's debatable. Some people say she only had two children, mm-hmm. and there's one went out, and they just never had sex with their husbands. But most scholars agree that there was four 
daughters that they had. Two of them stayed with their husbands. The other two went out. So, I know, told you it's totally off the subject, but. If anything, I think, I think Lot's wife turning around is kind of the same thing as Eve eating from the tree. I guess I kind of. That if Lot had been a stronger man, maybe she wouldn't have turned around. And I guess I kind of brought that up to this fact that when we really, really understand the scope of Jesus saving us from our sins, it should get to the point where we're, we don't, we're not silent. No. Yeah. Because I mean, if we thing. are silent, I heard, I heard someone has put he, it this way about Lot. It, they said, why did Lot, why did Abraham stop interceding after he got to 10? Because he, there were 10 people in that city that should have been righteous. Oh, wow. Yeah. And God said, I will save that city for 10. But there were not 10 people in that city who were there righteous. Were and he had 10 family members in that city. Yeah. Wow. I've heard six. Hmm. Maybe it's kids. That's just what somebody Husbands preached. Husbands of those daughters. That would be six. That yeah. would be four more. No, that would be two more. No. He had two daughters that didn't but, come. Those daughters had two husbands that didn't come. That's four more. And then maybe get two grandkids. And then it's... Someone else says, I think, that someone else thought that he had actually a son somewhere or something. I'm not 100%. That's only one more person. That can it's only one or two more. By and large, I think what I, I was wanting to say, and I think it's been very good tonight, for sure. But I think we need to realize that he can ultimately just save us from our sins. Mm-hmm. And what is sin? It's separation from God. It's transgression against the Word of God. So the Word says to do it. We should do it. And if we don't, we're sinning. Mm-hmm. And if we sin, we, we have an advocate with the Father. Father because not only did He come to save His people from sins, but He's continually saving us from our sins. Mm-hmm. He's not only the, the Alpha... He's the Omega. He's everything in between. He'll save us from our sins. He saved us from our sins. He saved us from our sins. And He will save us from our sins. Yeah. It's a constant work of salvation. And we got to realize that, you know, sin is just basically, is saving us from this world. Yeah. Saving us from, the, and what this world is, as you said earlier, it's distractions. Yeah. From the real purpose of our life, and sin will bring shame. It brings shame to our life. It it causes us to love the wrong things. It 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 hurts us. It makes us do stupid things. But Jesus saves His people from their sins, and we've got to let Him save us from sins. We've got to realize I'm in bondage in this life. No matter where it is, whether it's an addiction, whether it's an attitude, whether it's pride, whether it's jealousy. I mean, we can go through all that stuff. An unhealthy personality. An un, no, I think it's an un, unhealthy personality. As they said, God gave us his personality, but he needs to save our personality. Just because you're a headstrong, stubborn person don't mean that once you get... That personality saved, God can use that headstrong personality 
if you can get your head strong and your personality in the right, in the right direction. He said you got a preacher. <laughs> he said that he'd make our heads like flint. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes that flint goes off and burns everything down. The other times it just ricochets off from it and just keeps pressing forward. Right. So we got to learn how to let him it's save passionate us. passionate about the right purpose. Let him save us from our sins. And, and God created us all in a certain way. And he's going to save us all different. But that's why he is a God who meets us where we are. And I guess what I really wanted to talk, concentrate on tonight with this was this Christmas, don't let what he's saving us from cause you to go under. Because this is the most stressful time of the year. If you can't buy gifts for everybody, make them. Write cards so, to people. Oh, writing cards. You still got time. You probably don't got time to make a lot. It's only cookies. three days away. Better Listen. Cookies. Okay. I was talking <laughs> I was talking to Doug today. This is the prime example. I was talking to Doug today. We give the bosses. Doug is, Doug is my, those who don't know, Doug is mine and Jacob and, and Texas's boss at my, our workplace, our sector job. And... We give their gifts to them today. We took up we take up money every year, and, and Doug's like, "I'm so thankful, people. You know, I don't need anything. I appreciate anything people does." I said, "I understand that completely. You know, it's you know, P. I said the people at church give us things for Christmas, and it's it's great. And I don't need nothing though. I'm I'm hardly bought for. I said, but one of my most prized Christmas possessions that has ever been given to me, it's in there in my desk drawer right now. It is a card." From Donald Ewing that I got in 2019 and those of you know brother Donnie he didn't have much anything but he had a heart for God he had a heart of gold he loved the church we desperately miss him now he passed away last year uh, right at the beginning of COVID not from COVID just from probably most likely a, a heart failure but I have a card in there with Christmas card and had this big long thing in there about how much he loved me, how much he appreciated me. And along with that, he gave us a doll that was his mother's that was porcelain. He said, I know that my mama would have wanted Sister Cheryl to have that. That is one of my most prized possessions of Christmas that I ever got. Because I knew Brother Donnie loved us. And I knew that he uh, let God change his life. Mm-hmm. And that's what Christmas is about. Mm-hmm. Don't go in debt. Don't go in debt trying to outdo the next person or impress. If you've got kids, I mean, if you if you got money too tight, get over it, go buy something. But... Most important, don't go buy something for somebody and then then, then you uh, treat them like trash. That's not no good either. Yeah. So realize what this... He came to save us from our sins that we could be like him and be that witness. Let's don't be like to where we become so vexed by this world that we act more like the world than we do the Savior. Yeah. That's the whole point. He come to save us from our sins and uh, yeah brother David he was a changed man mm-hmm. that's for sure and 
But I'm, I'm thankful tonight. Um, I hated we didn't able to go to church tonight. Uh, wasn't working right Sunday, and we kind of got up to about 60 degrees, and this is an off night, so it started at 50. Probably never got it to the temperature it needed to be. But um, anyway, anybody else got anything else they want to say? We're going to be done. You said you had something else you were wanting to do. Um, you don't remember what it was? No, this is what I was talking about. Oh, okay. This. This. Okay. I was leading into discussion. this discussion, and okay. and it went really a lot better. And I, y'all got a lot more involved. Than I thought you were going to get involved, so it worked well. But um, I'm very thankful for those who've been on and off. I've seen several kind of on and off. I don't know if I always trust the numbers of what's showing on live, but um, share this. Uh, I'll probably upload the podcast. I'm actually recording this on my phone so I can upload it on podcast too. But uh, share this with somebody and uh, let people know that Jesus came to save us from our sins and we need him, that's for sure. So anything else from you guys? Well, with that said, we're hoping that the heat will be taken care of tomorrow. And we'll be able to have church Sunday, regular time. It'll be the day after Christmas. We hope every one of you have a Merry Christmas. We hope that you enjoy your time with family. You never know when it may be the last time you'll ever get to be with family on some of this stuff. So enjoy your family. Love each other. But more than anything, let Jesus save you from your sins. Because that's what it's really, really, that's what Christmas is all about. And... Because if you're not saved from your sins, well, the Bible lets us know that there's an eternity waiting for us in hell, and I don't want that. And I don't think anybody else does either. So we're going to say a word of prayer tonight, and we will be done. So um, let's let's just pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. We're thankful that we're able to sit here in this house today with this venue to be able to... We can't go in a church building, God. We can do like this and people can join in. As much as anything, I'm thankful that we have a house. I know in this three and four miles away, God, their homes and businesses were destroyed by the tornado a week ago. And I'm thankful, God, that we're here today and able to do this. My family, our church family, we're closing out another year, Lord. We have one Sunday left uh, in this year and we're believing in going to be a greater year ahead of us, God. And just ask you to touch. Everyone that may listen to this and watch this, everyone who has watched this, let us, God, let you be our Savior, that you can save us from our sins. And we love you and we thank you so much, God. I just ask you to bless each and every life. In Jesus, in your wonderful name, amen, amen. Love you guys. Hope to see you Sunday. Hope you have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas. Love you all. Merry Christmas. <laughs>